Hello and welcome to The Stinger, a super fan's guide to Marvel, Star Wars, and much more in fandom. Joining me today on the podcast, as always, they, uh, they're they here for their parent-teacher conference. They're, they're here to talk about report cards. It's Trent Neely and Joseph Sneed. How are we doing, guys? My job is pod. <laughs> My dad's going to ground me for this report card. <laughs> Yo... He, I, I'm, there's some things on here that I, it's, it's like beyond the grounding. It's like, we need to talk about if the school thing is really for you or not. <laughs> yeah, Guys. they're going to send me to the factory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. We are so excited to hit you all with our end of the year podcast. And today we start out with our report card episode. I'll uh, I'll speak to that in just a moment, but we thank you for tuning in to listen. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and then you can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at the Stinger Pod. That's how you stay in the know. Um, just uh, keep in the know because not only are you listening to this right now, but then we are going to end the year twenty twenty three with our award show and so i want to double down loop back to the social media promo because if you are like us and you watched all these things that we're about to talk about today then i have a feeling you're going to want to say in our award show so the way this will work is uh throughout the next couple of weeks stay tuned on instagram and tiktok to to see our posts where you can vote for who you think is going to win our awards. We're talking best movie of the year, best TV show of the year, best performances across the board in those categories, and a lot of other fun stuff. So make sure you follow us so you can stay up to date and vote on some polls that will have a major say in our award show at the end of the year. Y'all uh, y'all ready to do some like end of the year celebration? Of course, you know, we had we had a lot of big movie events this year and a lot of a lot of reactions especially in the fandom space i feel like with franchises this year this was a this was a complicated year for for uh, yeah. fandom entertainment so i'm i'm curious to hear us all talk about it with some stuff that i've gotten to rewatch some stuff i've only seen just recently and then some stuff i've i've loved all year so so it'll be fun to revisit everything i think yeah i think this is the year the disney checks stopped cashing for the reviewers Ooh. so you know I mean, it it's also the year the Disney check just stopped cashing. Period. A little bit. There's a lot of a lot of underperforming box office uh, things. Yeah, not, not just the Marvels. Don't let it don't let it get twisted. Not just the Marvels. My uh, my Disney stock has not been great this year. Yeah. No. Same. And we're about to we're about to explore that in much more detail. Um, today's episode is our 2023 report card. So. You, you've heard us recap things on the podcast before, and we, we tend to try to give everything we watch a grade. Uh, and that's the, our grading scale. You know, we're kind of we're ripping off the public school system, all right? You can't, uh, can't knock us too much, right? So um, F to A plus range of grades, but we'll include the grade of S, the S tier, which stands alone above the rest as being like truly of almost a perfect caliber 
uh, type of movie or TV show. So those are the grades that you will be hearing us dish out today. Guys, when you when you brought home the report cards back in your grade school days, were you were you coming home expecting a you know a check or some cash, or were you trying to hide that thing? No, I was I was being like your boy killed it again, guys. <laughs> yes, right. Like he, That's right. You know, not to brag, but like that that honor roll certificates coming. Get ready to go to the assembly. Put on your best polos <laughs> and like the. The duds were like the names getting called. I I was definitely that kid. Flex like, on. I thought I thought it was like the Super Bowl. Like I was Patrick Mahomes. Like oh, you know, at, at okay. Disney World. Like I was like, let's go. Well, which which Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl? That's let's, true. Uh, oh, that's fire. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes just lost in the uh, first tundra, but that's yeah. That's <laughs> beside. You know, when, re- when referees can't see DPI, what are you gonna do? So when referees can't see that Mahomes is still in bounds, and they don't wind the clock. On I actually, the I actually did think. I actually did think that 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 they just sort of offset because he was hundred percent in bounds. Like my my family was like, "Oh my gosh, he just got obliterated." I'm like, "That was a legal hit. He's perfectly fine." So um, you know, it, it all balances out. But you know, I'm sure the rest of the NFC North, you know. If only we had someone here to represent the rest of the NFC North. I keep, keep my what, name out your mouth, boy. <laughs> could probably could probably say what they're feeling about Jordan Love Sunday night football. Uh, performance. I'm, I'm, but, no, Jordan Love's not good. We can't do this. I can't like. But, I need uh, my I need my heart protected. But regardless, uh, I wasn't expecting cash or, or checks when I brought the report cards home. But at the end of the like the end of the year report card, if it was good, we would maybe you know get like a. Hey, you want to go out to dinner or something? Oh yeah, you know we we get that. But the ones I don't know what y'all school systems did. We we did grades based on a six week uh, oh. grading time. Some people do nine weeks or semester stuff. We did six weeks. I think we were on that nine week uh, grind. I think nine. Yeah, but yeah, the end of the six weeks ones, it was like, yeah, you better have done good for this part of the year. <laughs> you have like one test and and a couple of pop quizzes to show for. Yep. Yeah, whereas the whereas the nine week, it was like months, and so like yeah, your parents yeah. like either learned very quickly that you were doing well, or that you were like slacking beyond repair, and it was just well, like now now parents have that online grade portal where like you fail a test and they know before you do. I know they get so like that's the text. terrible. I couldn't. I don't think I could grow up in this era. Not like <laughs> knowing that like my parents are going to tell me that I failed when I got home. Nah. Nah, that's dad's, that's too much. Dad's waiting in his chair, holding the belt already. Like, <laughs> yeah, you done goofed. So, yeah, that's. I don't think that's for me. I, I was, I was definitely, you know, an honor roll student myself. I, I if I do say so myself. Uh, did y'all, did y'all have the parents who would like put put it on the bumper sticker on their on their cars? Like, <laughs> my, no, I mean, my parents would, definitely were doing that. But you could, you would see them riding around the parking lot. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I think like the like the you know whatever whenever the quarter was closest to like Christmas break, if that was really good, that would go on the fridge so that like yeah, 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 relatives yeah. got like the quick update of like what classes is, are is Trent taking? Is he doing all right? Like they could just be like, oh look, like here it is listed here. Like, like skip the questions, check the fridge. I'm yeah yeah. I've got I've got grade marks. No conversation. Yeah, just just, mar- just Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, like exactly. I'm here, so I won't get fined. So but check the fridge. Fine. Exactly. Yeah, my my dad had. Well, he still has a very intense hatred of bumper stickers of any kind. I kind of get that. And, and yeah. he really doesn't like the regular stickers that go on the window very much. But my mom's like, oh, we have to have the little family on the back. And, uh, you know, obviously like a Bible verse sticker on her car. <laughs> That's how my mom rolls. But, yeah, my dad, 
was not a my kid is a a plus honor roll student person and he was like we're not putting bumper stickers on the cars so <laughs> well it sounds like your mom did get a say in that battle so good for her kudos to her yeah she got she didn't get bumper stickers but she did get regular stickers there you go so there you go i got to see that uh my mom was both a virginia tech mom and a liberty mom so. <laughs> classic i didn't know my parents love loved that. me until they had a sticker of it so. <laughs> that, that's true when my sister and i went to tech the, there was a the, there was tech merch that came out that's that's when it came out on the car yeah, they did get like the virginia yeah. tech license that, plate that's when you got to save up for that moment right yeah <laughs> all right well i think we can start talking about some some content here and um mm-hmm. i think before we do that what I'd what I'd like to do is we're gonna take a little trip down memory lane real quick, guys. Uh, for those of you who have been listening all year long, you know that at the beginning of the year, first episode of the new year, we did a draft. We drafted our most anticipated projects in 2023. It was a stacked draft. There was a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff came out this year, so there's a lot to pull from, and uh, we kept the receipts. So we're here today to to uncover those receipts and and um I'll leave it we'll we can leave it to the audience. We'll we'll hopefully put up a graphic on social media. Maybe y'all can help us decide who won the 2023 draft, but I'm gonna read I know out who lost. <laughs> we can crown a winner later, but we definitely can crown a loser today. No, I'm just I'm, I'm just messing. Uh no, we we know we know <laughs> We know who lost. Joseph, why don't we start with you then? Okay. So, Joseph, uh, we'll just we'll get this out of the way. Put your misery to an end quickly. Joseph drafted Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Secret Invasion, The Flash, Mando Season 3, Super Mario, Dune Part 2, R.I.P., and Transformers Rise of the Beast. Now, tell us how you feel about that draft, Joseph. My draft sucks. <laughs> uh, I think we've got a hit on there with Mario. There you go. Mando season three was was fine. <laughs> Secret Invasion is like the the worst thing Marvel Studios has ever done. Quantum Mania kind of stunk. The Flash, I didn't even watch, and I think when I drafted it, it was just because it was the last DC thing there. <laughs> And from what I've heard, it's not very good. Dune 2 was the tragedy of this year because yeah. it didn't even come out. The Greg and, Odin of this draft. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be great next year, but I mean, <laughs> do we, my, do you, my draft we, needed a quarterback. We needed a quarterback this year. Dune 2 was the quarterback, was the quarterback and, and it got, got hurt. Got hurt, so. yeah. You know, we're not we're not saying Dune 2 didn't work. It's just, you know. To TBD, you know, is uh, we're, we're just saying that Dune Two was trying to run out, run out onto the field, and then it's Achilles got torn <laughs> right on. I mean, you can't. That hurt is me pretty with that fitting because that didn't happen. To, that didn't happen to the Green Bay Packers, of whom <laughs> I am an owner. But uh, you know, Dune Two, he's he's on IR for this year. Uh, I think he's going to be a strong contender for next year, but. Um, it kind of sucks that the year is lost, and I didn't see Rise of the Beasts either, even though it looked <laughs> gave okay. up on his draft pick. <laughs> I, got, we Rise of the Beasts got sent to the practice squad. 
<laughs> now I will say I will definitely defend uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie because I unapologetically really really loved that movie. Uh, but the rest of the stuff on here is kind of hit or miss. Lots of of misses. Mando season three is probably my second best player, and it was the weakest of the three Mando seasons. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's tough. We all fall down I really, sometimes. I, and I really thought at the beginning of the year when we drafted that mine was going to be incredible. <laughs> and then what I guess my first one on here was Quantumania, and it was pretty much downhill from there until Mario. Yeah. You know, better luck next year. Uh, honestly, sometimes you just got to take one on the chin. You know, it, yep. this is it's a hard predictions game. Uh, Trent, we'll move to you next. Trent drafted Guardians 3, Echo. R.I.P. Shazam 2, Vision Season 2, What If Season 2, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Now now we're moving up the ladder, it seems. How, how do we feel, Trent? Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling actually pretty good about that looking back. I mean, I think I think Guardians 3 is like the best thing that, that Marvel produced maybe maybe since Endgame. Like I, I might go there. Um shazam 2 doesn't doesn't quite work wasn't quite as fun i remember i like said i was more when the original release date for that was announced i was like i'm more hyped for this than i am for wakanda forever or or <laughs> I, did you really I forget, say I, that i forget if i said more hyped oh. for, or if i just said like the trailer increased my excitement for what i thought it was gonna be oh buddy compared to and then you took wakanda forever talking about comic-con when we did that episode. oh that's right um, yes yes I yeah remember so that so that 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 aged incredibly poorly <laughs> Not, like so sorry to ryan coogler and everybody who worked on black panther wakanda forever um mission impossible guys like i i just wanted to see tom cruise jump a motorcycle of off course. a cliff who would i saw him jump a motorcycle off a cliff it was one of the coolest things i saw all year yeah i, I watched it like 10 times once it became available on vod oh okay um, all right um yeah Vi- visions uh star wars visions wasn't as strong as season one in terms of there wasn't a standout episode for that one for me but i still i love that concept for like a star wars property yeah um yeah no i i'm except for like fury of the gods i, th- I think i'm feeling pretty you did you did good, I, and unfortunately, what if season two got pushed? So you have to yeah, yeah. So that's wait for that the very end of the year, and then Echo got pushed to next year. So you also fell victim to the scheduling issues. Yeah, but I gotta say that Echo trailer too. I'm I'm gonna stand by that pick based on the it's trailer a, we got it, for Echo. It's a, it looks good. It looks. Really I'm like good. I'm like I'm gonna stick with that. I don't. I I mean, it could happen. I don't see a world where Echo is worse than Secret Invasion. No. So no. You're already beating me there, because even if Echo is bad, it doesn't have the buildup. So, right, yeah, Trent, I think you had a a very strong one. Um, Thanks, guys. You did, you did, I, you really did good. Yeah, I think Mission Impossible and Guardians are like your that's your Steph and Clay. Those are the right heavy there. hitters for yeah. sure. That's that's the yeah. Tua and Tyreek yeah. of, of this. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Gar- Guardians three is, is like a superstar. I think here. you picked that number one overall in the entire I, draft. I, 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 I'm gonna humble brag a little bit. I was supremely <laughs> confident. I was like, if this trailer says like this could be like one of the best things Marvel ever does. Yeah. I was pretty. I was feeling that pretty early. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I got Quantum Mania. You know, the Mitch Trubisky of the draft, probably. <sighs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's actually pretty accurate i'm not gonna lie um my draft board looked like the marvels 
which I still have not seen. Loki season two, Aquaman two, which has not graced us yet. Ahsoka, uh, across the Spider Verse, Dungeons and Dragons, and The Last of Us. Now, now it's my turn to flex, and I just gotta say, I've been I've been waiting all year for this moment, guys. I I was supremely confident when I entered that draft, and I'm supremely confident now. I mean, I I I believe I had the best draft out of the three of us. I'll just I'll just say that. Um, gotta say, I Ahsoka is a solid pick on the team. I picked it really early. Loki season two, also a solid pick on the team. But really, what I most well, actually, let me say across Spider Verse, I love you. Uh, you made me proud. You were my number one pick, my first round pick, and you delivered. What I'm most proud of, though, is somehow I snuck Dungeons and Dragons and The Last of Us on here when I knew next to nothing about either. And they, I mean, they outperformed. I mean, I really feel like I got Tom Brady out here in the sixth round with these guys. It was it was really special. It was special. Yeah, yeah the, the Joshua Dobbs of this year's movie <laughs> picks, if you will. I, I think Dobbs. it's fair to say. I think that yeah, is fair Ahsoka, to say. Ahsoka is like your is like your solid left tackle that you really really need in there yeah i haven't seen D or last of us but spider verse 2 is like that that first round pick and I, I don't think you did wait you said you did it first round i right? did yep yep that it's that first round pick that you're like this is not gonna fail yeah like this thing may not be a hall of famer but there's no way it fails yep yeah you've got you've got a really strong draft too I appreciate it. Thanks for the yeah. thanks for the love, yeah. guys. All right, let's maybe let's get into the intricacies of this. Let's talk about dishing out some grades on all these things and much more. So we'll we'll we're gonna try to move as best we can in chronological order in terms of release date throughout the year. And my memory best serves uh, with things starting out in January last year with The Last of Us. The, the HBO series that Trent and I have watched, Joseph has not. So as, as you'll, you'll hear as we move throughout this episode, not all of us have watched everything, but at least someone has watched whatever we're talking about. So Trent, I'll, I'll defer to you first with The Last of Us. What, what is your grade on season one of The Last of Us? Yeah, The Last of Us. I mean, you know, this was a very hyped thing because the, the video game won like a million video game of the year awards back in 2013. It was the question of can this be turned into a TV show and have something different to say? Mm-hmm. Um, I think narratively it is a very literal um, adaptation of the game, but I do think that Pedro Pascal and Bell Ramsey were able to find some different, um, yeah, some different layers and nuances to both um, Joel and Ellie that weren't present in the game from like the walkthrough that I watched years ago. Um, and yeah, I think the direction of the show is just so good. Um, the the emotions and the heavy hittingness of it is great. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm never not going to be down on a well-executed zombie-esque show. Um, this was a really, you know, not a surprise, but it was just like more, can they pull this off? I don't know. And I think they did. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go a minus for for the last of us. I I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't have much else to say other than what you said for me though. The perspective is different. I didn't play the game. I, I have really, I had no real attachment to it i was just excited for a new show with pedro pascal in it and there's like a lot of buzz surrounding the creative team behind it and so to me it delivered 
and it's just being a rich new story to uncover yeah and and i can't wait for season two and it seems like we're gonna get a season three as well i am like chomping at the bit to get there it wasn't perfect but it's in my mind it was like near perfect this is one of those things where it exists inside of a, a of an ip because it's a video game but for me i didn't feel like it because it 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 could live as its own prestige tv show if you had never played the game so for me i'm gonna give it an a plus i really nice. felt like it like delivered it. across the board in nearly every way so a plus for the last of us and we talked about this earlier in the year so if you want to Get more detailed thoughts on it. You can go back and listen to, to those episodes. All right. Next, we are going to take a dive off of the off of the high dive into the deep end here. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh-huh. All three of us have seen it, and we reviewed it on this podcast, so we'll be brief here. Uh, Trent, what's your grade? You know, like walking out of the theater... Like, Matt and I, like, genuinely not laughing at the movie, but laughing with the movie when the ants reveal happened <laughs> of, like, the super advanced society of ants happened. We were like, okay, this is going full Flash Gordon. I'm kind of here for it. And then, but, like, the more and more I sat with it. Yeah. And then we did our pod. I remember we hopped on the, the pod Zoom session. We all were like, I think we liked that, right? Yep. And then we talked about it. And I'm like, did I like that? Yeah. And then the months have gone by, and I'm like, I, I didn't like it. Like, like I Like, I think for me at the end of the day... There's some great performances here. There's some really fun moments. Um, it, it is way too torn for me between trying to be like a fun Flash Gordon movie and then also like the serious thing about Scott Lang actually yeah. becoming a better dad and superhero. Yeah. And so for me, this this really is like a C minus for me. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I liked it either. The, the more we talked about it, the more we were like, wait a second. Joseph, what what's your grade? I think I'm just going to go solid C is for me. It's more just, I don't dislike it. It has a lot of problems. And for me, it's just kind of forgettable. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, it's not one that I'm going to go back and watch over and over again. Like, like some of my favorites of the Marvel movies and even some of the ones that aren't my favorites that I still just watch sometimes, you know, this isn't going to, this isn't going to go down as like a Thor one mm-hmm. yep. or even an Ant-Man one, which I enjoyed, mm-hmm. but wasn't one of my favorites. And, you know, it's, it's just forgettable. And that's really all I have to say. About it. Cause, cause those movies still had like charm and personality and this one just did it. Honestly, like Kang brought the most of that and it's like, he was kind of wasted. I don't know. And that, that's especially, the biggest. Sorry, go ahead. Especially Joseph. when you see Kang and Loki season two. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, my biggest problem is they advertised this movie like it was a, a must watch event. And when you think about it, it really doesn't matter at all. Like there's, there are no, it is kind of pointless. There are no lasting ramifications. My, my grade is a D. I, I, it little, little harsh but like i think it i think it actually just makes me angry that like we got we got sold something that was so completely far from what we actually got yeah um so that's ant-man of the wasp quantum mania real uh real damper on the early part of this podcast um next we have 
The Bad Batch season two, which I have not watched to completion. I have seen about half of it. Mm-hmm. So Trey and Joseph, I defer to you. Yeah, Joseph and I did do a couple episodes, I think, on The Bad Batch. So if you want to hear more detailed stuff, be sure to look up in the catalog those episodes. But yeah, I was a little nervous about Bad Batch season two. I liked season one and then season two. There was a slow start and I was like, I don't know. And then I, Joseph and I talked about this earlier this year. There, there's like the last three episodes of the season and especially like the finale. I was like, oh, like th- like another Disney Plus show did this as well. It's like an entire season of television was saved with a finale. Like, good job. Like, um, yeah, I, I've, I've grown to love Clone Force 99. I can't wait to spend some more time with them again. Um, and and maybe, maybe. No, I can't say it's my favorite star wars show of the year but it's probably my favorite finale it's probably my favorite finale for a star wars show for the year i'll say that um yeah i'm gonna go with a b plus for the bad batch okay yeah i think if we were gonna be if we graded it kind of how we split the episodes up of kind of like a i think we did like batches of of four or so or like half i believe that's how we did that if it was like the first half of the season i probably would have gone like a C minus, but I think with how kind of it went from the mid season to the end of the season, I'm going to give it a B overall because the end of the season was probably an A, but you can't just ignore how not great the first part of the season was. Mm-hmm. And I was coming off of season one of the bad batch, not a huge fan. I still think there's problems with the character development of the bad batch where Pretty much none of them are the most interesting characters in the show. Yeah, 100%. Except for Crosshair now. Um, but the end of the season was really, really good. And it had me looking forward to season three more than I was looking forward to season two after the first season ended. Yep. Um, yeah, those... And it, it still holds true that some of the best episodes of the Bad Batch are the episodes that they don't even appear in, or they're in for like five minutes. <laughs> yep, that's also yeah. true. It's kind of awkward. The, with the exception of, of the, the Crosshair episodes being not really Bad Batch episodes. Um, but those were still the best of the season. And then, you know, the end of the season was really good. <clears throat> yeah, but, I'm... I'm personally really excited to finish it whenever I get the the chance to because y'all y'all when it was coming out y'all kept texting me like nah you got to push through like it's worth it the beginning was is tough I'm not gonna lie it's yeah. tough to get through but yeah I'm excited to finish it all right next we have Shazam and the Fury of the Gods and Trent this one's all you buddy the, me and Joseph did not watch this all right so I need to preface this by saying that Shazam the first one's probably my second favorite of the DCEU films. I like, I think everything about that first Shazam works like the whole thing of the, like it's a kid who gets superpowers and he does what anybody would do. Like he becomes a YouTube viral sensation and tries to like buy beer. Like I think everything about like that (laughs) premise was executed so perfectly in the first one. And then we get to fury of the gods, which tries to tie back into Billy Batson's whole thing about finding family and keeping his newfound family together, but it loses so much of the sentimentality of, and like the emotional core of what that first one had that made it work. Um, the vil- the villains, unfortunately, are just not interesting. 
Mm, um yeah and there there's just like a whole bunch of cgi nonsense in the third act uh yeah like virtually like nothing emotionally resonated with me in this movie like at all like this is a this is a d for me um, Oof, yeah. a d yikes mm, that's tough i don't think i realized it was that bad i'm not gonna lie it, I yeah either. i mean and l- l- let me clarify i never i never like talking poorly about things and people work really hard to make stuff i'm not Absolutely. trying to diminish the the hard work of anybody that put on anything that we talk about here today um and i'm not saying i could do it better all I, i'm speaking purely from how much did this resonate with me or not that's all i'm saying and and for me it really did not and i was super bummed because i really liked the first one but i think i don't think you were list. alone in that there's one thing on this list i'm gonna go after the people that made it though <laughs> Hey, I mean that's a part of critiquing stuff. Is sometimes not like not, not not like personally. No, 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 no. I, Chase, we, we all Joseph's know going mean. to send we'll get... hate mail. <laughs> he felt it in his bones. Um, next, a pleasant surprise: Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Um, I'll go first on this one, and then I'll please I'll do kick it off to you, Trent. I had such a fun time with this movie it was like early in the year Haley and i just looking for something to do on a friday night went to the theaters and got tickets to this movie and sat in a like midway filled movie theater and let me tell you like i like immediately i was drawn in and kind of just delighted like i i did not go into this movie thinking this is going to work. It's a movie based off of a board game that people have an extreme attachment to for years now. It just seemed like a like a random grab to make something IP that didn't need to be made IP. And yet it worked. And it felt very like old school blockbuster in a way. There was something mm-hmm. that was just so pure about, you know, when we when we did the Pirates podcast a few weeks ago, we're like, there's no more pirate movies. And then like, there's also not that many like adventure movies, like pure adventure movies that are out there anymore. And this is an exception in my mind. And it just, it's cool how they weaved in elements of the game to fit the narrative of the story. And then Chris Pine, my goodness, like what a guy. I just love what, him so One of the much. most underutilized actors in Hollywood, in my opinion. Like, Absolutely. It's, it's tragic, like how much we're not using him in everything. Say, he's honestly yeah. one of he's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's me too. so good. Yeah, and like just like just so charming. Like my goodness, this guy just the talk about Riz. Um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I will give a B plus. I I really really enjoyed this movie. One one yeah. quick thing about adventure movies. Sorry, Trent. What was that no, one with with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum? Was that the Lost oh. City? Yes. yes, yes. That was that yes. was a fun adventure movie. I'll give it that. To was you. I have seen amazing, that. Interesting, amazing Daniel Radcliffe performance. Oh, amazing he's in that Daniel too. Wow. Oh, he's incredible yeah. in it. Okay, all right. Brad Pitt's performance is pretty funny too. Brad Pitt's also great. In, okay, yeah. I need to go watch this. Apparently, all right. Uh, that'll be a Patreon bonus episode in three years. <laughs> we'll do the Lost exactly. City. Exactly. Trent, um, how about you? What's your grade? No, yeah, I, you know, I would I, same thing as you, man. I was like, this is just another franchise starter. Like, we'll see if this is any good. And then I, I kind of loved it. I don't yeah. want to really compare it to this movie because I think it says the bar too high. But this is the closest in feel that I've been reminded of the Princess Bride in a movie since that movie <laughs> came out. Whoa! Oh my gosh! 
Because, like, the Princess Bride has the whole thing where it's the grandfather reading the story to the kid and you're yeah. seeing the story. And this, this, they never break the fourth wall, but you, you get the feeling that the, they wrote it in a way that you can imagine that this is either literally happening or that it's a D&D game being yeah. played. Yeah. And you're just seeing the game unfold. And it works that way, too. Um, that would have been kind of cool comparison. if they did that. That comparison actually makes me really want to watch this now. I, 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 I kind of wanted to watch it anyway, but hearing it described as the Princess Bride, or kind of ish, like the Princess ish. Bride, and is, on steroids. Yeah. Well, like in, in terms of in terms of production production value, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, it it's not the same thing. I no. do not want to put that blasphemy on the uh, the Princess Bride's name, but um. <laughs> Yeah, and also, like, I think this might just be not the best, but, like, the most fun I had with a movie this, this year, maybe. Ooh. Like, between between the Jonathan bit at the beginning. Oh, that was so good. And, and the questioning the dead people with the five questions. Like, that, oh, that's the hardest. Yes. That's the him. hardest I've laughed at a movie, like, this year, for, that, for sure. And they put that in the trailer, and I remember yeah. thinking, like, oh, man, like, don't waste a good joke. But then it was, like, still just as funny. It was funny. even better. It was it's better. E- yeah, it was even better in the movie itself. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with an A for this one. Nice. I, I really, okay. I really loved, loved this movie quite a bit. Oh, see, you may, I want to go rewatch this now. Like, I, 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 I forgot. It's streaming on Prime Video and Paramount Plus. Paramount now. Plus, that's right, yeah. I forgot, like... Paramount kind of like sneaking in some bangers this year. I, I, you know, they, they really came off the presses from Top Gun Maverick and continued to crank them out. So, um, all right, we move on to another feel good, fun time. And that is the super Mario brothers movie. This like legitimately was one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Like no exaggeration. Um, Joseph, I know you particularly love this, so I, I'm gonna let you kick things off. What what's your Super Mario Brothers grade? So when um when little kid Joseph was looking at his video games, there are three that come to mind. There is Lego Star Wars the Complete Saga, mm. there is the OG Battlefront 2, and then there is Mario Kart. Oh yeah, baby. And I went into this movie and I said I don't care if the rest of the movie is hot garbage. <laughs> if the Mario Kart sequence is amazing, I'm going to love this movie. <laughs> and first off, the Mario Kart sequence was amazing. And yes. the rest of the movie was not garbage. <laughs> um, I had so much fun with this movie. I went and saw it uh, with my brother-in-law. <laughs> I think before he was my brother-in-law. What a bonding I- moment. So we we just we had so much fun watching this movie. That little existential blue star was the highlight oh of the movie for me, even yes. above the um, the Mario Kart sequence. Seeing Rainbow Road in real life was like an out of body experience for me. <laughs> uh, well, not in real life, but in like a movie, uh, they're throwing green shells and bananas, and the blue shell happens, and I was like, "This is amazing." That being said, the story was not great, um, <laughs> but it didn't really matter. It was, it wasn't on the level of a Pixar movie where it was like, this is a kid's movie, but it has deeper themes in it that adults can relate to. But this is one that's like, do you want to have fun? Yeah. Cause you're going to yeah. have fun with this movie. So what you were saying about Dungeons and Dragons, maybe being the most fun you had in a movie theater this year. I think I'm going to say that about Mario Kart or about I'm, I'm just calling it Mario. <laughs> You're just calling it Mario Kart now. <laughs> but the Super Mario Brothers movie. All that being said, though, the storyline is not great. 
So I'm going to have to knock it a little bit, but I'm going to give it a B plus. Okay. Yeah. I respect that. Trent, what's your, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I, so I saw this late. I had to wait for it to come on like digital and checked it out with Emily and Matt one random like Saturday night at their house. We had a blast too. Um, I, I'm the biggest fan of Mad Max Fury Road, and I could tell mm. the, when they did the Rainbow Road sequence, they they were like pulling some references to Fury Road in there. I was like, all right, you you guys know what's up. <laughs> um, Jack Black maybe playing the role he was born to play, people for real. Like, yes. he, and the phenomenon, the phenomenon that was Peaches. Yeah. Let us not forget Let's what Peaches did great. to the music industry. Um, <laughs> and also, like. You know, the, the, I agree. The storyline is not great, but I the the one genius bit of plotting is that they switch out Peach as the damsel in distress for Luigi. Like I think I thought yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah, I thought so um, too. Yeah, great expectation subversion. Ryan Johnson would have loved that. Um, <laughs> and so, so yeah, all that to say, but yeah, I feel very similar to you, Joseph. Um, yeah, I think that comes out to a very strong B for me. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna double down. Also a strong B for me. I don't really have much else to add. Um, it was great. The first of two movies involving a fight sequence soundtrack to uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn featuring Chris mm-hmm. Pratt. So, you yes, know, just I know we all had that on our bingo cards for 2023. So <laughs> um, next back to the TV screen Mandalorian season three. Uh, we we talked at length about this season of TV, mm-hmm. so I, I think we can all keep it keep it pretty brief here. Um, Trent, I'll kick it back over to you. What's your what's your grade? Yeah, um, really, really enjoyed this season. I I think the the decision to reunite him and Grogu in Book of Boba Fett fundamentally hurt this in just yeah. a way that it could never quite overcome narratively. And more frustratingly, <laughs> there's a moment in Mando season three where like the armor is like, hey we can't be so strict about like the, the creed and not creed go find all Mandalorians and bring, and I'm like, that's the moment he goes to get Grogu. Like you yep. built it into the thing. Yep. Um, but, but as, as a Bo-Katan Stan, I texted Joseph a lot about how, how much I loved Bo-Katan as a character watching the clone wars. Um, that I, I can be super, super mad about this. So, so I think it all comes to like a B. I, I think it's a B for me for Mando okay. season three. Okay. Yeah, there were a lot of problems with this season. I think first and foremost was the Mandalorian was not the main character of the season. No, Bo-Katan he was, was not. the main character of the season, which I enjoyed her story, but Mando kind of took a back seat. I think like Trent, it was a mistake to reunite Mando, Mando and Baby Yoda in Book of Boba Fett and I think it was a mistake to even have them together this season. Mm. Um, mm. The Jack Black episode might be the worst live action TV episode of Star Wars. It ain't as bad as episode nine. So don't get me there. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that episode was awful. <laughs> um, and I think there's just a lot of pacing problems with the season they had this really cool swamp thing pirate lord that they killed all i forgot about him yeah he was cool so i think and i think i mentioned it earlier in the podcast this is the weakest of the three seasons in my opinion of the mandalorian so i think i'm gonna have to go with a c on this one oh Mm. okay all right see joseph i'm 
I'm in your camp. I I my I had my grade in mind. I'm also giving season three of The Mandalorian a C. Um, I just like it felt like things happened in order to bring the Mandalorians back so that we can bring them back for whatever grand event is coming later in the Star Wars universe. That that to me, that felt like the whole point of this season. And I just honestly, I don't care about that. Not nearly as much as I care about Din and Grogu. And the fact that Din and Grogu took a backseat to that just ah man, it's it sucks. It just kind of sucks. I don't know. I think I think this is probably a larger conversation to have on a future podcast episode of just mm. the Filoni verse and the direction that we're heading with everything. There are things like this that really I'm like, gosh, like there was something special cooking right here. And we took a detour that was unnecessary. Um, All right. Let's pick the spirit back up. Guardians of the Galaxy volume. Three. Oh, here we go. Trent's ready to sing its praises at the top of his lungs. Yeah, I mean, so so Guardians 1, I actually missed that in theaters back in 2014. And then I saw it in a random night in the in a hotel room when my dad was on a business trip on my iPad. And still on an iPad, I was like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, volume 2 comes, comes around in 2017, doesn't hit quite as strong with me. I actually appreciate Volume 2 a lot more now than I did back in 2017. And I'll talk about that in a minute here with volume three. Um, and then volume three, you know, there, there's like, there's so much background context that 10 years from now, people aren't really going to remember, right? Like James yeah. Gunn was fired and yeah. then he comes back. And then this is like his swan song, not just for the guardians, but for Marvel before he goes to run DC. Um, and so I was like, I, it was sort of this curious thing of like, he can kind of do whatever he wants. Cause we know, that he's not coming back for any more of these. And like two or three of the actors have said they're not making any more of these. So the movie could be whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like such a beautiful character driven, no setting up sequels. And like, there was a definitive end non cliffhanger point to this whole journey in this one. And I think, I think pretty much everything about this movie works. The only thing at negative I have to say is that like, I still think having rewatched it a couple months ago, it feels a little bit, wonky in the pacing i think it feels a little too oh long. interesting huh but the like bradley cooper's voice acting is like gut-wrenching at parts of yeah. this like the high evolutionary is like one of the most fun villains to hate in mcu history just because he's so purely evil after having like these string of very complex villains which are great it's nice to have a villain that you can just hate like the guts of um and and yeah like action like the, the the hallway sequence in this movie is like one of the better action things the MCU's done in it, in the past several years. It's legitimately like, one of the greatest action sequences, yeah, in Marvel period. Yeah, and you know everybody's talking about CGI and Marvel and the volume, and you could tell that James Gunn built these very and his team. I shouldn't say just James Gunn, but his team built these ornate sets yep. that were like physical, practical sets that you could feel. Yep, and everything about it just felt so tactile and awesome. I I really just did just pretty much love everything about this. It's really like the it's it's like the Peter Quill quote from Guardians 2, the production crew, yeah. where um excuse my French, but he says, I'm gonna build some weird shit today. Like when when yeah. he's when he harnesses the, the the power of ego or whatever, that's the production crew on the Guardians movie. Like yeah, they're just none going. of those sets should exist. Right. It's great. 
It's so, great. So yeah, I, I guess I should say like my grade for this is like an A plus. Like it, it's not the S tier, but like I, I think it, I think it's close to that for me. Yeah, so I'll give a little bit of my history with with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I I saw it the Thursday opening night. It came out. I went with some friends, and I still remember what we did that night. We went to Bojangles first. Uh, I think we hit the old Toys R Us up. And we went and saw this movie that we were all like, I don't know if this is going to be good or not, but it looks good. And we went in and it's like, I think it's like a top five Marvel movie for me still. The first mm-hmm. Guardians of yeah. the Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just special. An, it's just an amazing movie. Guardians 2, not a huge fan of. Um, the Holiday Special. Big fan yeah, of. Don't really forget funny. the holiday special. That's it's, right. Can't sleep on the holiday special. As far as the two specials on Disney Plus go, I don't think it's as good as Werewolf by Night, but it was really good. It was good. And yeah. then Guardians Three came out, and it's like they kind of took the criticisms that I had of Volume Two of kind of making the characters into caricatures of themselves and kind of regrounded them back mm. while still keeping their quirks that they kind of picked up. Um. I think all of the characters had satisfying endings that, that made sense and they didn't have to die. Yeah. I mean, we spent this yep. whole movie looking at like the stakes of what was going on and you could feel the tension. And then at the end, nobody died and you're like, yeah, that didn't feel wasted or anything. That, that wasn't bad. So I'm kind of where Trent is where I'm like, is this S tier? But oh. I think, I think I'm going to keep it in A+. Okay. Uh, Two A-pluses. This, this, we've got some other stuff on the uh, on the agenda to go through, but this might be my favorite thing of the year. Oh, okay. I, I get I think, the feeling. I think for, fa- for fandom stuff, I, it's, it's definitely, yeah, the, oh, yeah. the front I runner mean, for me. And I obviously, seen... obviously, we're not talking about like Oppenheimer and past lives and stuff here today. So right, that's a right. whole other. I two A pluses. Okay, I love. I, I get the feeling that a lot of people feel this way about Guardians. That it's their favorite thing this year, and it is probably like top three for me. It's it's, it's incredible. I can't say much more about it. The choice to make this like swan song send off movie to make the plot that. Rocket is going to die if we don't save him and do all these things in order to save him is genius in my mind. It's one of those things where it's like, why don't why don't we do more fandom movies like this where the plot is like so like intimate? It's not X stranger comes from X galaxy to come destroy us. It's we got to save our friend from dying. It's so smart. And I just <clears throat> I haven't rewatched this one yet. But I really want to because it is one of the like movies, one of the few fandom movies that really gets gets you to feel something like guttural. You know what I mean? Like it is. Yeah. It's, and the, the, it's crazy. They don't go for cheap feelings. No. Because, no. Like, no. you know, you know, some movies will do the cheap feelings thing where they manipulate the light and the music and everything. This one, it all feels earned. Like, like you know what's gonna happen to Rocket's friends, and I still, I still teared up like when it happened. Right, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I, like as soon as you meet them, you're like, these people are toast. Like spoilers for Guardians Three, I guess. Yeah. But like, and still, when it happened, and he lets out that scream, like, 
it's it's devastating it is oh my gosh just think about it now yeah you know what i i was debating on this one i'm gonna go a plus as well it's let's go it's got i think it's gotta be it's special it's just it's there's there's not uh there's not many other marvel movies like it um and we're gonna stay we're gonna stay in this kind of territory at least in my opinion spider-man across the spider-verse the second installment of the spider-verse movies and i am gonna i'll I'll go back to back here. I'll start us off on Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse because um, I think the best movie of the year was Oppenheimer. But if I had to say what my favorite movie was, period, I think it's this one. And I I don't know what the, like, I, I think everyone kind of has their, their favorite fandom movie from this year. This one's mine. I just like, the, I remember, I remember when we did the draft episode, like we talked about this movie and I remember you, Trent, being like, I don't know, like, Into the Spider-Verse was just so good. Like, I'm worried they're going to ruin it. And I had a little bit of the same concerns. Like, yeah, I, they, it. when does a sequel ever meet the same expectations of a classic first movie or maybe improve upon it? But I feel like that's what this movie did. Like, I, I don't know if it, I don't think it's better than Into the Spider-Verse, but I definitely think it is close to equal. Um the the fact that we get the I, i'm not gonna ramble on for too long here but the fact that we get a gwen arc in addition to a miles arc mm-hmm. and the animation itself is even though we're accustomed to the style it almost seemed like more breathtaking the second time around mm-hmm. is incredible to me i'm just gonna I, i'm gonna i'm gonna like double down on what i said earlier this year this is s tier to me and i know not everyone's gonna agree with that but it is like it is special, special storytelling. And I think this is something where like kids growing up watching these movies are going to look back and be like, no, that was like formative for my like years growing up. So it's S for me. Yeah. No, I mean, as a, as a visual piece of art, like visually, this might be the most visually stunning thing, except for maybe like Oppenheimer that I, that I saw like my eyeballs witnessed this year yeah um the voice acting is great both the returning people um daniel kaluuya as spider so good like, I, I i i rewatched most of this movie um and i'll talk about that in a minute um <laughs> and like I, and it just confirmed for me i'm like spider punk like basically steals this movie in some ways um yeah the no the animation's great the action's great i i just i don't love how much of how much of a cliffhanger this movie is and really like, if you, okay it, so that if, is that why you stopped it, rewatching it so I lit- I literally got through the Spider-Man chase and uh-huh. like you know he's going to go to the other dimension and that's basically the end of the movie for yeah. all intents and purposes and then I think I looked at the runtime there's 40 minutes left technically oh. after that and I'm like there's not I don't remember there being 40 minutes of plot left and then I just I've never gotten gone back to those last couple minutes Interesting. and I think I think since so, let me let me phrase it this way um if Beyond the Spider-Verse is amazing which I have full faith it, it probably is going to be I will view this whole completed movie, like this six-hour mm, movie, yeah. as like a masterpiece. But the fact that right now, while we're in like Schrodinger's cat sort of, of about it, like my opinion can be so influenced by how good Beyond the Spider Verse is, I just can't, I can't get over the hump of like the part one okay. of it. Okay, that's fair. But I, but I still really like it. I I think for me, um, it's a uh, it's an A minus. Okay. Me. Okay. 
Joseph, yeah, how about I kinda, you? I kind of feel the same about it as Trent, is that it feels like it's so dependent on the third one. Yeah. To kind of to kind of judge it. Cause to me it it is it is really long. Um and you know, if I was grading into the Spider-Verse, that one's an A plus to me. Yeah. And I think this one was a step down, not a big step down. And maybe a step down isn't even the right word. Maybe it just doesn't reach the heights mm. of it, of of Into the Spider-Verse. Um, I think some of the pacing is weird because it is really long. Um, but then you look at the really good things of the movie. The, the characters are great. The animation style, which going back to the first one, I think a lot of people had doubts about. And then it comes out and it's like, this is incredible. And then... I think this animation style kind of influenced another movie that we're going to talk about later. Yes, yes it did. Yes, um, it did. But yeah, I think it's just, it's so dependent on how the third one does. I think I'm going to go a B plus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A lot of, lot of variance here. I like it. Yes. I like it. Um, okay. Next up is the flash. Trent, mm-hmm. I believe this is only you. Yeah, I'm going to keep this brief just because I feel like there was so much conversation around this movie, like before it came <laughs> out, when it was coming out. And um, look, the Ezra Miller stuff's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- that that seems to be still an ongoing, evolving conversation. So I'm going to I'm going to leave that to the side a little bit Um, as as a movie itself. I. <sighs> There, there's aspects of this movie that work like the 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 core emotional theme of like our our trauma is what makes us and you can't undo everything i think that that's a worthwhile idea to put forth and i think michael keaton is really good and um sasha cowley i think is how you say her name is great as supergirl would be happy to see her continue but man like the scene by scene plot of this movie is it, it kind of doesn't make sense to me and it's kind of irritating like like Ooh, the, the whole the whole two Barry Allen doesn't work for me at all for like a narrative or a thematic reason that much um if, if you are going to watch this movie thinking that like Michael Keaton and Supergirl are going to be in it and like boosted up they're in it probably for a combined 10 minutes of like the two hour plus screen time that's tough I or it, oh, it feels yeah, that I'm way just... it, it's, look, Batman Batman's probably more but like in terms of clearly seeing that it's Keaton in the suit or Keaton on screen and then and not a digital or stun double it, it's like 10 or 15 minutes like it, it, <laughs> do not think that this is a Batman movie with the flash in it it is a flash movie with Batman in pieces um, I, I will, the opening action set piece with the flash and Ben Affleck's Batman is actually pretty fun. And I think you can watch that in isolation and okay. see some really cool things they do with Barry's powers and, um, some fun stuff Ben Affleck gets to do action wise. That, that's pretty fun and worth watching, but, but yeah, but now nah, that for me, this is like, I think, I think this is another D like yeah, Fury of the gods. Yeah. I, like I was like, I, I, I was really worried about that. This one. It is crazy how much they hyped this movie up beforehand. Remember when people were like, this is the best DC movie since The Dark Knight? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, people and I don't, were I don't saying wanna... that. And I, look, look every, like art is subjective. I'm not saying I'm right. Again, not trying to kibosh it's not on even people close, who are, though. There's who no way it could be I'm close. Just like, I'm just like, there, there's no way. And 
yeah, I don't want to talk too much about visual effects because we know how hard like yeah. and overworked the visual effects artists are, but there is some truly bizarre, not just like CGI, like not looking real. It just like it like intentional artistic. You could tell that they chose to make it look certain ways and it looks kind of horrifying at parts. <laughs> like <laughs> like, That's like what you can, want. Can, so can I spoil something for you guys? Yeah, I don't like, care. I truly like, don't care. Like they 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 bring dead people back like you see Christopher Reeve Superman and bet and um Oh my Oh my and, gosh. and Adam West Batman yeah. at, at a piece of it. And I'm like, this this is so <clears throat> weird. And especially in the conversation we were having about like the strikes and like AI use of yeah. people's personhood. It's just it's bizarre, man. Oh, it, I don't it, like that. It, they, and, the, I saw the scene that that because everyone was saying like this scene looks awful. And I was like, how bad can it look? And I watched the scene on like YouTube and was like, oh. Yeah. It really does look that bad. Yeah. Oh, and I need like, to go find me, this now. And let me say that it's not just like YouTube compression. Like I watched it on a pretty nice TV on HBO Max, and it it like it looks the same. Like uh, I was like, oh no, that's just. Can, can I spoil one more thing, Josh? Oh, I don't care. They brought Clooney back at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, Ben Affleck's Batman doesn't exist by the end of this movie. Barry goes back, and now he's been replaced with George Clooney's Batman. What? <laughs> yeah. So Ben Affleck doesn't exist as Batman anymore, as oh far as I can tell. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? That is unreal. It just seems so... I kind of can't believe they made this happen. It, it just it, doesn't seem worth it. It's It seems... I kind of want you guys to watch it just so we can like have like a full-on conversation about it. Because I could like break down for you all scene by scene. It might like be... How I, and isn't there... Isn't there? Go ahead, Josh. I was gonna say it might be fun to just have like a not a hate watch, but just truly <laughs> like a like a mystery science theater three thousand. Just we're gonna poke fun at this watch, you know? Yes. I, isn't there? I, that might be fun. Isn't there a scene where the Flash is like trying to catch babies with a microwave or something? Yeah. So, yep. Yep. That and so that and the like, babies the babies look like rubber. Yep. That so that's what I was talking about, like the intentional stylization, and that's part of the cool opening scene where like. It's Barry's trying to save. There's an explosion at a hospital, and the babies are falling through windows. What? And the, the scene does a cool thing, actually, where like the time slows down while he's in the Speed Force, but he's getting hungry, and so it starts speeding up slowly. So he has to break into a vending machine to eat candy b- before he can save the rest of the babies. <laughs> and it's like that's an interesting idea, actually, that it's not just about being fast, but it's about energy usage. Mm. But yes, he in order to save a baby from being engulfed in flames, he sticks it in a microwave. And then does a couple other crazy things like putting them on a gurney that's falling through the air. This is know. unreal. It's, it's <laughs> I, f- I feel like the, when I'm talking about it, it sounds like I'm making it up. It does. Kind of, it sounds it? like, like you dreamed this. Yeah. I mean, it sounds kind of awful. It does. And like From what I've seen, it looks kind of awful. Yeah. No, I just, yeah, th- it really didn't work. And it just made, it made the, all the hyping that like, like remember when like they had like every celebrity got like a special screening to this, like Stephen yes. King was like, yes. I don't like superhero movies, but I love the flash. <laughs> like I was just like, I want to okay. know who they, I want to know how much they were paying people. I just, I, 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 I would be curious about that. Well, they well. already spent like $400 million on the movie. Why not just, a why little not bit more? spend a few more dollars? But but anyway, I mean, there's so much more I could say, but then we'd be on here for like five hours just about this. So, <laughs> all right. Next, we have Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, a movie that Trent and I waited to watch on uh, streaming this weekend. <laughs> so 
it's very fresh in our minds. Joseph, you saw it in theaters, so I, I'll let you do the honors first of of giving your uh, your grade. So for for the most part, I enjoyed it. I love the first three Indiana Jones movies. I don't like the fourth one very much. This one was better than the fourth one, but not as good as the first three. There were a good bit of things that I didn't really like about the movie. One thing I absolutely hate about the movie. Uh, but Josh is probably not the thing you think. Um, I'm curious. And for the most part, the movie was, was fine is like the best I can say about it. Yeah. So I'd probably say it, it's, it's really long. There's too many chase scenes. <laughs> what I told Trent was, yep. I don't, I kind of don't like seeing Indiana Jones as like a broken old man. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go like, um, I'll do like a B minus. I think that broke a piece of your soul. Yeah. And now what was the we, thing you hated? I hated what they did to Mutt. Mm. Oh yeah. I hated yeah. that. Part. Um, yeah. I didn't actually hate the, I didn't actually hate the ending. I thought the ending was super weird. <laughs> it was so um, weird, man. It was um, so now so if weird. we were gonna take the mini movie that's like the first twenty minutes of the movie, that movie is awesome. That's oh like an gosh. A plus. Yes. I Trey, what's your instant reaction then? Because like I it's fresh in our minds. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm mostly with Joseph. You know, too many car chases. I get it. Harrison can't yeah. be dragged behind a truck anymore, so you gotta do yeah. stuff that is safer. Um I don't know, they still did some weird stuff with him on the back of that like little moped thing. They did. They did. Yeah. Um I, I'm I'm kinda with Joseph where I think the, the movie's greatest strength and weakness is that I appreciate that the movie acknowledges that Harrison Ford slash Indiana Jones is older, but it's a weird yeah. thing that the first three and four movies are just he doesn't have a character arc. It's just I don't believe that this thing is actually supernatural, and then it is. That's that's the arc. And then this movie actually tries to um, make him like this man at a time. I do actually like the contrast of putting him and his obsession with history in the space age. So this is what I was texting yeah. you guys about. Like, this is actually shockingly similar to the plot of Top Gun Maverick. Cause it's like in Top Gun Maverick, it's like Maverick's out of place. Right. You know, cause they're like trying to do uh -huh. the drone program thing. And then he has to do one more mission. Indiana Jones out of place. He has to do one more adventure. He takes on this younger kid who uh -huh. he failed to be a good father figure for in the past. <laughs> this is like Maverick oh and gosh. Rooster. And this uh -huh. is like Helena Shaw and Indiana Jones. And at the very end, it seems like our hero is going to sacrifice himself, right? Indiana yeah. Jones and Maverick. And then at the very end, their their surrogate child ends up saving them and then allowing them to be reunited with their true love. And that's the end of the movie. Like, it's the same. It's... Dang, you're the, right. The motivation is just different because Maverick is like, He's staring down like a helicopter about to die as a hero. And Indiana Jones is like, <laughs> He's like can, let you me please, die. can you please just let me die? Like, also, can we talk about the fact that this man got shot in the chest? Not like the the foot. He yeah. got shot in the chest and lived for another like 45 minutes. To, to go back through a wormhole from ancient Rome. <laughs> which, by like, the way, like insane but i kind i i kind of love when they do the time travel yeah. is all a circle thing and it all like goes back on itself i kind of am a sucker for that so that kind of worked for me i actually like that better than if it was like he stops <laughs> world war ii from ever happening kind of thing <laughs> like i i still I, I still don't know how i feel about the actual dial of destiny 
it it's it, weird. I, it's it's a gimmick. It's it really felt like a gimmick. I but I did like the ending still. I it's more, I did. It's more gimmicky than the other Indiana Jones gimmicks to me. Yeah, but it's more gimmicky yeah. than the aliens. I think. Honestly, yeah, yeah, you're kind of right. But uh, all I, that to, all that to say, I'll I'll give this one a C plus. Yeah, C plus. Me too, Trent. That's what that's my exact grade that I was also going to give. I'll be, it. I'll be yeah. honest when I when I heard the reactions at a Venice film like Venice Film Festival in the box office, I was expecting so much worse. And I'm like, I was like, I had fun. Yeah, like, same. Like like he punches Nazis and <laughs> he punches Nazis in the face. Like you know he goes to exotic locations. Like it's yeah. all there. The thing is, is like, I, it's the beginning of the movie. It's that first 30 minute, 20 minute segment of him on the train. So that, good. And then, and then just the pure nostalgia of it that really elevates this movie. And Harrison Ford is still Harrison Ford. And, That's the thing. And, and, and you can tell he loves being that character so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he loves Indiana Jones much more than Han Solo. So but much. Yeah. They, they yeah. take this. So this artifact at the beginning of the movie, I can't remember if they explain in the movie what it is, the, the spear he's looking for. Yes. Isn't that yes. the spear that supposedly that, pierced Jesus, right? That's what yes. they say. Yeah. And, and so there was like a comic story about it that I haven't read was just Indiana Jones and the Spear of Destiny and I think the spear is way cooler than the Tile of Destiny as an artifact of like I believe it what, I what kind it. of weapon is drenched in Jesus's blood you know what kind of you know giving it more the mystical like what kind of powers yeah. are imbued in, are imbibed imbued you got whatever, it imbued, you got it, you got it. Yeah, yeah 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 into this spear versus like Archimedes made a time traveling clock. <laughs> yeah, so, basically. You know, basically. Okay, Joseph, we're gonna stay on your corner because uh, Star Trek: Strange New World season two came out this year, and uh, there's there's a lot of positive buzz around it. I I have seen the first three episodes of the entire show. Watch one of them with you, Joseph. So why don't you why don't you tell me a little bit more about it? Oh man, I loved Strange New World season two so much. <laughs> I'll go on and tell you, it's an S for me. I loved this oh! season. It was so much fun. There was so much different variety of episodes. There was like the classic Star Trek courtroom episode. Uh, there was the musical episode that was super weird and kind of made sense in it. There was the cartoon crossover with Lower Decks that was hilarious. There was the war PTSD episode. <laughs> That is like one of my favorite Star Trek episodes that's ever been made. Uh, the season finale was like a horror movie episode. Oh, there's just so many different kinds of episodes in here. Like if if there's one that you don't like, then there's probably another one that you will like. I like all of them. But good for you, just, man. There was just so much variety. Captain Pike is so much fun as a captain. Oh, I didn't even talk about there's the alternate history episode. There's the body swap episode. I mean, you have all of these classic Star Trek tropes all in the same season. The body swap episode, hilarious. The uh, <laughs> the alternate reality timeline episode, gut-wrenching. And it in it kind of influences the main character of that episode's storyline for the rest of the season and how she reacts to things because in the alternate timeline she meets another character alternate version that you meet the real version in the show and in the alternate universe she falls in love with the character 
she comes back and that guy's never met her before, but she's in love with, mm. with who he looks like. Oh, so there's that whole thing. And she has PTSD from the body horror episode villains and captain Pike's an awesome captain. The war PTSD episode is called under the cloak of war. And it's amazing. It's like one of the best episodes of TV I've ever watched. Oh, okay. Nice. Everything about strange, which strange new world season one was really good too, but just season two took all of the characters and you get to, to, you get to know some of the side characters even better. Obviously Spock is there. Uhura's there. So you've got some of the classic characters, maybe a certain captain of the Enterprise before he's captain of the Enterprise hey. shows up a little bit. Hey. Um, and I liked him better in season two than his appearance in season one. Um, so yeah, would highly recommend Strange New Worlds, both seasons. And they're still recovering from the writer's strike getting stuff restarted on season three so you got time to catch up on it so just go watch it because it's amazing there we go okay. there we go okay all right I, you you kind of sold me on this i'll be honest i'm like ready to go now i just want to say i feel like this is the reason we do this stuff like fandom like fandoms exist because people care enough about something that they just love it they there there's a piece of them inside of it Joseph, you just like put that on display i feel like so, I, I like genuinely so for me for me star trek is not Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, but it's right after them. I'll take Star Trek over Marvel. So, yeah, cool. I I can see it. I mean, it's pouring through your veins right now. Yeah, I just I love you know I don't love all of Star Trek. There's there's shows and episodes and movies that I don't care about, but overall, there's like 900 episodes, so of course there's going to be some bad ones. There's 13 movies, yeah, of, course, of, course of course there's going to be some bad. Of course, ones. hey, uh, there's a lot overall, of bad other stuff too. It's it's so much fun. That's awesome, man. That 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 is so awesome. Um, next, I'm gonna kick off this one. I feel like I might like this a little bit more than you, Trent. Something we both watched, and that is the Apple TV Plus series Silo. Yeah, Silo is like you said. Dungeons and Dragons was your like you know one of your biggest surprise uh, watches of the year. Like th- this is it for me. Silo might be my most nice. pleasant surprise of the year. Nice. It just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like I. Heard about it either from you, Trent, or from like another close friend that like put me onto it. And me and Haley started watching this, and just the mystery narrative hooked me like nothing else has this year, honestly. Like it, it just like it, it was a little slow to start. I think that's probably the where I would critique it the most is that the intrigue was there from the first episode and then it like lulled for a little bit. Yep. And then around the midway point, it just skyrocketed episode by episode. Uh-huh. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, my God, like yeah. she is incredible. Yes. Absolutely incredible. Just in everything she does, but especially in silo, like she was just like throwing heaters episode after episode. And so like, and then it ends with a great cliffhanger to set up a season two. I, uh, there hasn't been world building and like this for something that's so unknown by the general public to then bring people in and have them like enamored for more. I haven't, I haven't seen someone take an unknown 
novel series or IP like this and and really breathe life into it like this in in a while. So for me, Silo gets an A minus. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I I really enjoyed this show. Um, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson, official fan club member ever since uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation for for uh, yeah. Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. Um, she's she's outstanding. The world building and like the hierarchy of these silos is outstanding. I think in terms of my individual favorite episodes of TV, the one where they fix the turbine might be like in the running for like favorite really? episode of any TV show. I want. Yeah, that that to me. Wow, like, interesting. And that's, that's actually part of my problem with the show is I think the the season kind of peaks with that turbine for me. The turbine okay. episode. Yeah. Um, and it never it never quite picked up the same momentum for me in the same way after that but yeah. the, the final cliffhanger though um is, is something and Crazy. I'm, I'm very excited for season two i'm gonna go with um a b for the, for this one okay sweet sweet yeah good stuff um all right we talked about this on the podcast now i think we could just maybe maybe we just go in a circle and and uh give our roasts secret invasion <laughs> yeah like if i talk about this for any length of time i'm just gonna get confused and not angry that that's too strong but like a little bit no i it, it's not bad enough. it's like i didn't care enough for it to make me angry right but like oh my god like what what happened here my, my point still stands where like i don't know what the story of this was like was and like I, I don't mean like i don't mean literally like i know literally what happened but i mean like i don't like i don't know what they were trying to tell us about nick fury i don't know what they were no. trying to tell us about the scrolls um talos is like the only person who has something sort of resembling a character arc in this um and it's a shame because like sam jackson sam jackson's giving a decent performance ben mendelson's giving i think a pretty great one um ben kingsley adir in moments is a lot well hold on ben kingsley adir is doing a great performance and then the best part of his character is being said to a person who isn't actually nick fury and that sent me like (laughs) through the roof um gosh i mean am, am i about to bust an f on on secret i'll Invasion? say it i'll I, say it i think i am i, I yeah th- i really think i am I just, don't th- I just don't think anything about it really works except for a couple performances i think yeah i i will also say it's an f i mean like i just don't i just don't understand how i Look, I, I, I cannot wait. I cannot. Sorry, real quick, but like, yeah, I cannot yeah. wait for ten years from now, or like twenty, whenever the MCU's like sort of past its prime, and like the we actually get like the the tell all novel of like what really happened yeah. behind the making of the show. Because it sounds like there was a lot of infighting and like different directions being pulled, and like it was so bad that it's fundamentally changed now how Marvel approaches TV making. Right, it actually um, like made them change how they like do it. Broke it's, it. It broke what it broke, they were doing. Yeah. I just want to know who watched the Gaia and um, Kingsley Benadir's character. I want to know who watched that fight and was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to put this out to the public. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, Joseph, are you also an F? Yeah. I mean, I saw you write down an F before. I I did. (laughs) I just assumed. The look on your face told me everything. So you guys remember how I was for Strange New Worlds? This is like the complete opposite. Like this yeah. is the worst thing I watched all year. This was <laughs> awful. It was like hard to watch. It like got to a point where and, like yeah, and, I, I had to force myself to watch the end of it on an airplane. Me too. If, well, not an if, airplane, but <laughs> if, if, if I can random. Be, 
If I can give a tiny, it's not a story spoiler, but I mean, it's kind of is, but if I can give a tiny spoiler for the Marvels, nothing from Secret Invasion was even mentioned. It didn't that's matter. crazy. That's, that's hilarious because they kind of set up the end of Secret Invasion. Like maybe he's going back to the, yeah. the space yeah. station Fury's, thing or whatever. Nick Fury's wife that went with him to space wasn't even in the movie. Okay, so clearly they, I feel like originally originally then Captain Marvel must have two was supposed to come out the marvel was supposed to come out first and they yeah and they yeah. didn't know but there's like, stuff yeah. in it like with the scrolls like they're, okay. it, they're in that. the marvels they're doing Ugh. like their problems in secret invasion they're having the same problems but they oh, never geez. they never mention it there is there is another planet in the marvels that's habitable that scrolls are living on oh and they don't mention it at all in secret invasion Nick Fury's wife was just like a waste. They killed Maria Hill for no reason. They killed Talos for no reason. The stupid president wants to kill all the scrolls and I guess all the offworlders. So guess what, New Asgard? You're screwed now. True. And then something happens with New Asgard in the Marvels that makes even less sense after Secret Invasion. <laughs> it's like you don't want everything that's coming after it is retroactively making it worse. And I already thought it was the worst thing ever when it came out. <laughs> it's just, it's it bad, garbage. Yeah. It is, is that's tough, all it is. If it's a tough came, time. They need to come back like how they've done for some of these tra- or, uh, Terminator movies and been like, yeah, that doesn't exist in the universe anymore. We're going to do like. They could. We're going to do thing Secret is they- Invasion, not two, but just Secret Invasion again. But it's going to be good this time. Like you were saying, that fight with with Gaia and Gravik is like Marvel has had some bad CGI fights and this is the worst. It's not, it's yeah. not even close. It's, it's the like, absolute worst one. Like like comic books look better than what they did. Like, I mean yeah. like legitimately like the, you could pull off something better if hand drawn on a comic book. If they it's, took this tough. fight, if they took this fight and drew it as a comic book, didn't even have motion. It was just switch from panel to panel. Yeah. <laughs> It would 100% be better than what they actually got yep. in motion in there. Yep. Because it looks awful. Why does Gaia have Drax's tattoos and <laughs> Ebony Maw's magical rings? Rings are not even DNA. How did, like we got the we got everybody's DNA that was there and then he's like pops rings out and it's terrible. It, so there bad. is and I feel bad because I actually liked the first two episodes. I was like, oh, this is an interesting hook. And then they just like, you remember, you remember the, um, I don't remember who does it, but it's a play in the NFL from years and years ago. I think it was a Vikings player. They get a fumble recovery and he <sighs> runs it the wrong way, like 80 oh, yards. Yes, yes, yes. That's what this feels like. They were in the red zone. <laughs> And the, they don't let the other team score on them. They score on themselves in literally the dumbest play ever, except for maybe the butt yep. fumble. I mean, oh, this, this could, is, this this could is even an be excellent butt, comparison. This could even be the butt fumble. This is like if the butt fumble and that wrong way touchdown had a baby <laughs> and grandpa was like that stupid fake punt play that the Colts did against the Patriots – it's tough. It's like the it's it's the worst 
Marvel thing ever. It was it, it was the MCU's breaking point. Like yeah. we will historians will point back to Secret Invasion. They they will the they will say this. They were like this, yeah. this is the moment. Like Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's awful. It's horrible. Well, I have good news. And that's that we can stop talking about Secret Invasion now and move on to something that was really fun. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Trent, oh, let's go. Tell, tell me about it. So this this might be my favorite franchise current currently putting out new entries right now. Whoa! Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> relax, like, relax. Wow, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not leaping frogging over Lord of the Rings. I'm not jumping over <laughs> even like Star Wars, like Harry Potter, like yeah. Um, but in terms of new stuff coming out right now, that I'm like I will be there opening weekend every time. It's just I I know everybody makes a big deal about Tom Cruise and his stunts, but it's like nobody is. I don't think people understand. It's not just the stunts. Nobody's making movies, period, like this anymore. Mm. Like, he's like, hey, I'm just going to go to Abu Dhabi and film in an airport. And then we're going to go to Venice and then Rome and have an awesome car chase on cobblestone streets. Oh, and also we want to have like the most epic train thing to happen in the history of cinema. Nobody's going to let us do that. So we're going to build a train so that we can have the ability to crash a train into a quarry. Um, Like, like what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then that's before we get into right before there was a writer strike that was in part due to ai this whole movie is about yeah, tom cruise about AI. tom cruise slash ethan hunt defeating ai because it like will destroy humanity like <clears throat> this dude knows what's up with the current filmmaking scene he does like he does he, he understands um rebecca ferguson fights with a sword um, yes yes yeah, no, uh, Josh, I'm really curious going to talk to you because you have not seen any of the other movies, right? This is like your... I've seen six. I saw six. Oh, Fallout. Fallout's great. Um, yeah, great yeah. movie. Great, great movie. movie. This this one is not as good as Fallout, just to show a little bit of rationale okay, in my brain. Okay, I was curious. I was curious what... Yeah. Okay, that's so interesting for me here because as someone who's not seen any of it, I besides six, yeah. Uh, I feel like the buzz when this movie came out was like, <laughs> oh my God. Tom Cruise did it again. Like it is, it is a peak cinema in our like current generation of films. Yeah. And I really enjoyed this. Sure. I did not feel that strongly about it, but I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Sure. It It's the, it's the, everything that you said about the way the movie is made. You can feel it when you're watching it. You get like, there's something, <clears throat> I, I at one point Haley and I were watching it, and at one point I like just kind of looked over to her and I'm like, dang, like I miss action movies. Like yeah. I just miss action movies like this, like yeah. where it's as simple as here's the bad guys, we gotta go stop them from de- like deploying this weapon, and we're gonna like have some really cool action sequences to get there. And it's that simple. And it's not like in a corny, cheesy way, no. like like some undercooked plots are the plot is sound and intact it's just that we don't have to care about like the like lore of of something that we can just get in and get out and have a good time you know what i mean yeah you you just need to understand enough to know what the next objective is and that can and that can change scene to scene also Haley atwell great addition to this universe She, she really is her chemistry with everybody is off off the chain um yeah no i i loved everything about this um i I don't i'm not gonna say it's a better movie but as a part one josh just to give you Uh a little like this to me ends in a more understandable place as a part one than across the spider-verse where i'm like 
the status oh, okay, the you. status quo yeah. makes sense. Whereas I don't think the status quo of where a cross ends can be maintained. Like we have to pick up interesting because like yeah. Empire, like Empire Strikes Back, right? It ends yeah. and then it 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 can jump to Luke fin- having finished his training, and you don't yeah. feel like you miss anything. For across the Spider Verse, I feel like Miles it has to pick up exactly where he is tied to that boxing bag thing. I got you, and that's yeah. the problem yeah, for true. me. Whereas Mission, Mission Impossible, <laughs> it, I think it can also jump ahead a couple like days, okay. weeks, or whatever. And I think that's that's the difference for me about these cliffhanger part one things. Still not a huge fan of that practice in general, but I I will be definitely seeing part two like the second it comes out. See that that's a I think. That might be a preference thing where I personally really love a cliffhanger. Sure. Like I, the part one, I think Endgame, Infinity War is another great example of it. Um, I, 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 I fall for things, those things a little bit more. Like it adds a little bit more cred for me. If you can, if you can throw in a cliffhanger that makes sense and leave me wanting more. Sure. Um, I don't think Infinity War is a cliffhanger ending. Yeah, I don't think so either. I was going to say, I think Infinity War, because like, for me, it's about the objective of the story. And the objective of the story of Infinity War is, does Thanos get the stones A? If he does get them, does the snap occur? If the movie had ended before he got the stones or before he did the snap, I would be similarly, not upset, but I'd be like, oh, that was unfinished. But the fact that we definitively see he gets the stones, the snap happened. And the blip happened. Interesting. I'm like that. That's definitive. The status quo, similar to Empire Strikes Back, the status quo of the end of Infinity War can be maintained. In fact, they the, in Endgame they jump ahead five years because they're like, yeah, that, yeah, that happened. And so I think that's, that's true. The, yeah. I think that's the difference for me again with a cross. Interesting. Yeah. No. I I I I get what you're saying. I think I see. I just see a cross as more final of like, yeah, he's um, Miles's arc is i i view it as complete i view i view more as gwen's art complete as being like oh i can lead this thing myself oh yeah i'm 100 i'm 100 not trying to say you're wrong i'm just no 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 i'm just i'm just stating my i want to now that you've seen this one i'm like this is a this is a view for me of like a part one that i thought ended more holistically yeah no i i see that i see that as far as part ones go because i don't want to spoil it for you how far are you into harry potter have you finished deathly hallows yet I did. Uh, I I don't know if yeah, yeah yeah I finished the book. I finished the book. Have you seen? I have the, not seen the movies. Okay, so Trent, I'm not sure that even that one ends on a cliffhanger. No, it it, it does. It's a, it, it's a definitive. I would imagine thing. it doesn't. It's a definitive it's, thing because it they, ends before the Green Gods heist, right? Yes, that yeah. that yeah. and and then and then it picks up from there. But and the, I but, see. What, I, yeah, this makes sense. This makes sense. Because yeah. you know you have like the end of Deathly Hallows Part One is kind of like the end of like the previous few movies where it's like, okay, we still got a mission to accomplish, but it's like the end of the section that they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, to your point though, this movie ends at an excellent spot to where you know exactly what the next movie is going to be about. And it's going to be a, heck of a ride i, I don't know, know how that. they're gonna film what they're setting up in that final I, shot i like, don't either i'm like are they about to do what i think they're gonna do <laughs> like it'd be pretty awesome i mean it'd be really fun uh, we get some like the okay. fact like the fact that this was devastated delayed to 2025 you all do not know the sadness i felt i, I feel for you now i feel for you because it's it is that like exciting to to get hype about i, th- I think you probably felt like i did at, when they delayed 
Dune Two. Probably actually, except yeah. They, yeah. Except they pushed it farther than yeah. they pushed Dune Two, yeah. so yeah. you're suffering more than me. And yeah, a little and, bit longer. And as far as Dune Two goes, I still know what happens because I read the book, and you're like, I got to know what happens next. Yeah, like right, we literally have right. no idea. Yeah, I'm gonna give this movie an A minus. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it the uh, the old uh, A plus. <laughs> A plus. I thought you were gonna go S tier. No, it's not. Fallout is S tier for me, but but not this one. I I can see that. I can totally see that. No, I I I really really enjoyed this movie. Um, okay, we're gonna a a lot of the ones towards the end are stuff we've seen. So I'm going to jump ahead to those and maybe we can just give our grades on those real quick. Yeah. Because we just talked about them on the podcast. Ahsoka season two. Uh, B. I will also do B. Okay. I am also in, in the camp of this is a B. Uh, not perfect, but had an extremely strong middle is kind of how I how I view this season of television. If you want to hear more of our thoughts about Ahsoka, you could you could just scroll back a little bit further and listen to those episodes. And yep. then same with Loki. Uh Loki season two. What are y'all's grades? B plus. Okay. A just A. Just A. Solid A. I'm gonna go right in the middle. A minus. I I really this the ending did so much for me that it's got to be in that A category somewhere. So um, there you go. Loki season two. Again, if you want to hear more, you can listen to one of our previous episodes. Our Loki character study would be a good one to listen to. Um, uh, we'll, we'll stay in the realm of Marvel as this is something that only Joseph, you have seen. Can you tell us what your grade for the Marvels is? And and spoiler free because Trent and I definitely will go watch this. Yeah, we will watch at this. some point, but it I'll, just hasn't happened yet. I'll give it a C. Okay, it's not it's not great, but it's not horrible. And if you kind of look at it more as like a comedy type of movie, it's actually pretty funny. Uh, I've heard that the, the story is like one of the worst stories Marvel has ever done. The villain sucks. Uh, she's she's an accuser, like Ronan from the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And if oh. there's a weakness in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, it's Ronan. For sure. Um, yeah, for but sure. Yeah, the story is really not great. But, man, there are some funny parts in this movie where uh, I went with a coworker of mine, and me and him were just laughing at parts like, and it's not the unintentional laugh like when Wonder yeah. Woman learns how to fly in Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> like they're definitely trying for laughs and it's really funny. There's like two scenes in particular that are among the funniest scenes Marvel's ever done. Wow. Um, yeah, they're they're hilarious. The rest of the movie is not great. You know, have to give a shout out to Iman Vellani as Miss yeah. Marvel. Of course. Highlight of the movie. She was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a C. It's not great. No, I, but I like comedies, especially Marvel. I think they do comedy particularly well. So I, that that makes me excited to to give it a watch. You know, I'm not I won't expect too much, but it'll be good. Um, OK, two more left on our list. We'll go back a little bit. The movie of the year from a box office standpoint was 
technically an IP movie, and that is Barbie. Uh huh. I I we we talked about this movie briefly on the podcast, um, but like I I loved it. Um, I'll go ahead and give my grade and my reasoning for it real quick. Sure. I believe Barbie is a solid A. Mm-hmm. I have seen this movie twice now. It is. It continues to be one of the funniest movies of the year to me. Ryan Gosling is a gem as Ken. I just think I just think he's incredible, like absolutely incredible. And Margot Robbie's incredible as as Barbie, but with for more, for more reasons than just the humor. Sure. Uh, like there's there's an absolute depth there to the character of Barbie, which was surprising to me. Um, and it's able to be a fun blockbuster and have a little bit more social commentary to it. It's nothing that profound. I would, I would say, but it is important and meaningful. And I saw this movie twice. I saw it at a drive-in theater later in the summer and it was still like magical for me, but I lost a little bit of the, the wow. When you're not in the theater, the day of release, like it was definitely made for that, that blockbuster feel like opening weekend feel sure um but it's still an a i think it's a great movie i think it's a great movie yeah no i i really enjoyed this i mean i'm a sucker for like the the classical old hollywood style of movie making so everything on like the sound stages in barbie land and how they like made the look of the transportation scenes of like the fake water waves and all that stuff is just great um and yeah um ryan gosling obviously sort of stole the summer it feels like i mean fundamentally changed the way people think of the word sublime um (laughs) but but yeah i think margot robbie is being a little bit forgotten in like the really subtle beautiful performance she's doing here um in terms of the commentary stuff sitting as a man talking about like what this movie has to say about womanhood i think would play into some of the things the movie has to say in not a good way and so i'm not gonna do that part but i will say as a as a guy um I think this movie actually has a shocking amount of empathy for, for male perspective too. And I think I can understand how people might be taken aback by some of the narrative decisions like halfway through the movie. But I think if you stick with it, um, I I think the movie has a lot of empathy for everyone involved. And I think if nothing else, you would, you, um, you're probably gonna have a good time with the comedy and have a, have a real good blast. Um, yeah. The really the only thing that doesn't work for me is the is the middle section with the the Mattel CEO characters yes. like that like that twenty minute really does take me out of it and so for that reason I think I'm gonna have to I'll I'll still go with an A though yeah A Barbie. okay yeah yeah no I I feel like we have the we have the same opinions on this movie train I know we talked a little bit about it but yeah, yeah. it's yeah okay La- I don't know I don't know how we ended up doing this one last but guys I'm I'm excited. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ooh. Mutant Mayhem was a movie that came out this year. And yes, boy, it was. was it fun. Yes, I, it was. I had a blast. Joseph, you saw it in theaters and texted us about it like first. And then Trent and I have seen it since. Like, what was your initial reaction, Joseph? This movie is nuts. Like, <laughs> it is. I don't know what they were on when they were making this movie. Like, this movie <laughs> was just insane. The, yeah. And. I say that in a good way because I really enjoyed this movie. It's just completely bonkers what they do. Like the villain is like a is like a mutated muscular fly at first, and then he turns into like a mutated giant kaiju 
whale octopus fly monster. <laughs> and, you know, and Shredder's not even really in it. Um, yep. But I think the strength of the movie is the relationship between the brothers. 100%. And they made them feel like teenagers, which I think yep. is mostly forgotten. Usually it's like young adult mutant ninja turtles. Or like Raphael and, has the voice or anger of like a 40 year old man. Like yeah. he just has the energy of like, <laughs> I've been trapped in the sewers for years. And in this one, you really feel like they're teenagers. They yeah. act like teenagers, but not in the way that adults think that teenagers act. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is really how they act. Like they're sneaking around. They're like absolutely trashing on each other for the whole movie. Like it's hilarious how much they just bully each other. And in the, like the brother, like the brotherly friend bullying way, not like the really toxic bullying way, where you can yeah. still tell that they all really care about each other and are there, got each other's backs. Splinter was Splinter was something else. That was <laughs> I was not expecting that uh, when when I watched the movie because you know Splinter is usually this basically rat Yoda. Yeah, yeah. and in this movie. I really don't know how to describe him in a way that would do him justice for, for how insane it was. He like, he falls in love with like a, Oh yeah. Like a, like I don't a even know. Like a, like a cockroach. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's crazy. I, I don't know. But he's this, a dad, you know, he's just a dad he is that a dad wants to protect and, his kids. And, and you can tell that too. Like you can tell the pain he's in when he sees the kids and, Oh, what is what's the machine he always warns him against that they end up getting stuck in, like the blood milker or whatever it is that he's like, you're going to get stuck in the blood milk. And they're like, no, we're not. And then they're like, oh, crap, it's the blood milker. Dad was right. <laughs> yes, um, that's right. Yeah, I that's thought, so good. I thought April was really fun in the movie. Um, but yeah, I had a good time with it. This was another one, though, where the pacing was really weird. Yeah. There yeah, were a couple of times where I was like, this feels kind of long, so I'll probably stick it like a B, but I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. I had a good time with it. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at a B plus. Um, I, I, everything you said, and I don't know if you shouted him out, but Paul Rudd nearly steals this movie from yes. me. Yes, oh my gosh, he was great. Yeah, Um. no, but really fun. I think for the first time that, like you said, the teenage part of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was nailed. Um, and for that reason alone, this movie is worth checking out and having a good time with. But yeah, B plus for me. Nah, I'm with you, Trent. It's a it's a B plus for me. It's just a fun time. It's really just a fun time. And like the animation style being in that ilk of Spider-Verse is is just very comforting, you know, at this point. We love it. Um I don't think it looked as good as Spider-Verse, though. No. There were but some no, I didn't. That- they, there they, was some, they said though they were like we were trying to be inspired by Spider Verse and do our own thing, so I do think yeah. it was somewhat intentional. There, but there, but yeah, some of the artistic stuff in it was really weird because there were some sections when April would look at the um, or would would turn a certain way and her face would look like it was weird. Like it almost looked like Picasso painted it because there were like eyes in people's foreheads and then down by their nose. It, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It was definitely yeah. a choice, and I think, I think that choice made the mutant characters look more normal than the regular characters sometimes. But I mean, that's just a small I can get thing. that. Overall, yeah. it looked pretty good. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. Guys, we just like, we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff. And we're not done. So again, subscribe to this podcast and we cannot wait to do our award show, guys. The year is not over yet until we crown our winners like movie of the year and TV show of the year. So stay tuned on the podcast feed and then also stay tuned on social media for Instagram and TikTok. Follow us at the Stinger Pod. Guys, it was an absolute blast. Yeah, thank absolute you guys. Blast. Loved loved uh, reminiscing about all this stuff and you know talking about some things that we didn't get a chance to earlier in the year. So really appreciate it. I know, it. I know. It feels good. It, it's cathartic. We yeah. finally got to get so many things out. I think the fact that Joseph really got to finally talk about Strange New Worlds is really oh, that's what that's what that we're might here be the for podcast today. highlight for me. Genuinely, I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm just Man, seeing I, how much I, passion. I, I know. I just loved it. I'm not going to get started again, but man, it was good. <laughs> I can see the tears forming right now. Yeah. I was, well, I was, I was literally just sitting here. You were talking about the award show, and I was like, I got to add some strange new world stuff. Into yes, you that do. Award sheet. Yes, you do. Well, we, you'll have to come back around to find out what Joseph put on the list. So, thank you all for listening, and we will be back soon.